Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What's going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Brandon Kane. Brandon is a viral content expert transforming brands since 2005 and pioneering influencer campaigns on YouTube since 2007. He's also been overseeing over $200 million in marketing ad spend. He collaborated with MTV, Vice Magazine, Paramount Pictures, Ikea, and Skechers, to name a few. And Brandon also strategized for icons like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, and Adriana Lima. He's also the best-selling author of 1 million followers in Hookpoint. This chat is going to be super intense. Let's go. Brandon, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Again, thanks a lot for being here today. I ask every single one of my guests to tell us what they were doing before they started working in their line of business. So what's your story? Well, I actually went to film school. I wanted to be a film producer. And when I showed up there, I quickly realized they don't teach you anything about business in film school. So I figured the best way to learn about business was to start your own and the most cost efficient way at the time. And it still holds true today was to start online companies. Mm-hmm. So I really started online companies just to learn an experiment of what it took to get something off the ground, manage it, uh, scale it. And then when I moved to LA to pursue a career in film, that's when the entertainment industry started to reawaken to digital after the dot-com bus. This is around 2005. Mm-hmm. So I just saw that there was a larger opportunity to leverage that knowledge that I gained in creating those online companies to help uh, film producers, uh, directors, actors further syndicate their message, their content, their films using digital media and social media. And that's kind of how I really got started and kind of grew into the space that I'm in today. That's fantastic. And so here at the Remote CEO, we help entrepreneurs build remote teams, but also, uh, of course, build their online presence. And so I really want to get started and ask you a question that a lot of my clients and listeners have asked me in the past. And that's really... Should you focus when you start, let's pretend that you are new, not to social media, but to building your this brand. Should you focus on one platform only or should you cast a wider net and try to appeal to as many people on as many platforms as possible? Yeah, I think that that really is focusing on one platform first and getting really good at that platform. However, what you can do is focus on a platform like TikTok or or Reels get really good at that and then syndicate that short form content across multiple platforms. Um, Going the other way, like focusing long form on like YouTube and then trying to push that to other platforms is a little bit more difficult. Um, YouTube does have short, so you can optimize for that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really focusing your 
performance and getting good at really one good platform, you could repurpose that content, but, but don't expect like the same results. Um, so that's the way that I kind of look at it. Okay. It makes sense. And so of course, each platform has different types of people and business owners should first realize where their target market is. And then from there, create content from that platform first. Now, there is a lot of people, and, and this is something that actually I, I uh, heard you talk about in another interview, but I found it very compelling because a lot of my clients, uh, including myself, sometimes I batch content. And that's something that's been going on online for a very long time, especially if you follow Instagram gurus, so to speak, on Instagram. Um, I wanted you to share your your findings when it comes to batching content, let's say months in advance or even sometimes weeks in advance. Uh, and and the consequence of really not being, you know, doing that on a on a daily or by you know biweekly basis. Yeah, I mean the the challenge with with going that direction there's a lot of opportunity lost for learnings because let's just say you produce, you know, content for 3 months and that first video you post doesn't work mm-hmm. and you learn something from that. Well, now you've got months of content that you've already shot and created that can't be modified from that that learning. So it's you know, our, our system for success is really doing one piece of content at a time and making mm-hmm. sure that you're maximizing the learnings from each piece of content to apply to the next piece of content. And I think one of the biggest things is, is really understanding that the way social media operates today, this is really a quantity or quality over quantity game. Mm-hmm. It's not about frequency anymore um, because they're, is so much competition at one point in time when there's less people and less content frequency could, could really work because you were, you were competing against less content, but the algorithms don't favor you based upon how much content you produce. They favor you on your ability to retain audiences attention longer than other content. Uh, and if you look at their and understand their underlying business model, it makes sense. They're in the retention game. The longer people spend on the platforms, the more ads they can serve, the more profit they generate. So what they're really favoring is content creators and content that can grab and hold attention for as long as possible. So that's really your goal is to study and understand how to grab and hold attention for as long as possible. And batch producing typically lends itself to that, that loss of learning. Now, once you have it really dialed in and you understand the nuances of what drive success, what detracts from success, then you can go into batch producing. So I'm not saying that in no instances does it work. Um, But if you look at even like the best content creators in the world, like a Mr. Beast, like he'll spend Mm -hmm. three or four weeks on a single video. Um, And he has studied for years and years and years, these nuances. And if you look at him, he's been using the same format since the beginning. He has just gotten better and better and better at that format and diving into these very specific qualitative nuances that that drive uh, success of his videos. Absolutely. And so again, batching could be a good idea once you understand the system, but before it's just like spending all your ad spent on one ad creative on Facebook advertising for a month. And then you're just going to show up again the month after and be like, okay, let's work again on, on Facebook ads. We don't do that. We go in as often as possible to make sure that the numbers make sense and the KPIs are on track. 
Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs that use social media as a way to build their brand, but also to sell their services, whether it be an e-commerce product or a service like a consulting service. And so my question to you is, should people use their reels and their posts to sell things or to, quote unquote, indoctrinate their audience in their brand and then funnel them somewhere else when they can then sell their products? What have you found works best in 2023 at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, it organic is meant to make people care at scale. And typically people don't care about you trying to hawk a product. So it's really about how you drive immense value. How do you how do you build that connection? How do you entertain or educate? And through that, you will it will lead to sales. Again, you look at Mr. Beast is like he's not really selling anything, and yet Mr. You know Beast Burger and Feastables are massive successes. His merch drops are massive successes because he's built and fostered this relationship with with his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked with a a leather expert named Tanner Leatherstein. Uh, and he was starting with, you know, 2000 followers on TikTok, and we helped him design a, a format and a strategy that there is no selling involved. He's mm-hmm. just providing uh, a unique perspective on his expertise. You know, he exploded to about 700,000 followers and 35 million unique views in a very short period of time. And all he did was have a link to his website in his bio and he sold out of his inventory and there's no CTAs, there's no selling, there's none of that. It's just, he built this connection, provided unique entertainment value to his audience, build that trust and credibility. And then people automatically want to, you know, see how they can engage with him further. Okay. Makes total sense. So it's not about, again, selling on the spot, but it's about, building the brand and then traffic will do the rest on its own. Like if you send hundreds of thousands of millions of views to your content, you're bound to get some people click on your on your bio and then go from there. It makes total sense. I want to actually um, get a bit more focused on a type of audience uh, or a type of, I guess, like content creator that I've been working with for, for quite a long time. It's professional practices, CPAs or, or lawyers even. And some of these individuals that are listening right now to this podcast maybe somewhere around maybe like 45, 55 years old, they have like, you know, the old school offices, so to speak. And so they come to me and they say, Deniro, it's going to be hard for me to be entertaining or to create uh, some type of content that's going to engage people for a very long time. Do you have maybe one or two tips that you can share with them to put their mind at ease and say, no, you can do this as well? Yeah, a big part of our re- our, our success and our process is research and studying content creators uh, in similar and different verticals to identify what are the storytelling formats that they're using to create entertainment value and and going viral. And I can definitively tell you any subject matter can go viral. I just talked about a leather expert. Like that's about as niche as you can get. Um, There is a a young woman named Erica Kohlberg, who's a lawyer and she has millions of followers. So when somebody says something like that, that just tells me that they haven't done the research to see what formats are out there. And again, when I'm talking about formats, yes, oftentimes like Erica is a lawyer, but that format can be applied to any professional services. And 
oftentimes people get so caught up in trying to identify competitors or people that are exactly like them when these storytelling formats can be applied to anything. So for example, I started in the film industry. Every film uses the same three-act structure in terms of their script writing and their storytelling. Now that mm-hmm. same three-act structure can is used for comedy. It's used for drama. It's used for horror. It's used for sci-fi. It's used for action. It's that container of how stories are told. Now the same principles apply for social media, except there's hundreds of these formats. So that's really what we focus our process on is identifying these key formats looking at the people that are using this format to have a tremendous amount of success, but then also cross analyzing the successful uses of that format with the unsuccessful and delineating the differences. So again, going back to that three act structure of a Mm -hmm. film, that same three act structure is used to generate an Academy award winner and an absolute complete disaster fire of a film. What are the differences? Well, it's these qualitative nuances. It's the directing, it's the acting, it's the cinematography. So we apply that same process to social media. We look at uh, the difference between somebody using a format to generate 10 million views versus 10,000 views. And we're studying the pacing, the tonality, the number of edits, the first three seconds, the captions, the title cards. So when somebody says that they haven't done their research or their team hasn't done that research to identify the different ways to be entertaining or to provide that value. And Erica Kohlberg is one, she's a lawyer that basically reads the fine print of all of these kind of legal terms around booking airlines, AirPod warranties, all these different elements that is interesting to the wider population. And then she is sharing her expertise in that way. So that's just one example, but there's tons of examples out there of how you can do it. Absolutely. So the key here is to do your research, benchmark uh, not just competitors, but other individuals in other industries or similar industries that are being successful with it, and then testing yourself. Uh, and, and again, like you said, not just sit back and say, I'm too old, or my office is, you know, is uh, too boring. Uh, there's always going to be opportunities to, to, to go viral or to build your audience. I had a question regarding paid advertising. My background before becoming a consultant for remote businesses was uh, Google and Facebook advertising. So we've gotten a lot of sales for our clients that way. But when it comes to building your brand, I know you did at the very beginning, I read your book. And so that's awesome. But I was wondering if nowadays someone that starts really from zero should use paid advertising on social media to build uh, their following in conjunction with making content by sponsoring content using TikTok, for example, sponsor, you know, sponsoring your, your TikToks or sponsoring your reels. Does that work? If so, should you use the platform or should you go uh, even like, for example, on, on, um, on Facebook, like to, in the, in the backend, the actual backend to make that happen. So the, the way that I look at it is you want to have your content dialed in first paid, can be a very effective tools in a number of different ways. Um, but when we're talking about audience growth and kind of the organic side of it is paid can be a beneficial tool to put behind content that's already performing. But if that content's not performing organically already, 
you're essentially just reinforcing to the algorithm that you're not a good content creator. Because again, you need to be able to grab and hold that attention. All paid does is really allow you to get that reach. And it doesn't guarantee that people are going to sit there and watch it. Um, so what I would recommend is, you know, really getting your content dialed in from an organic perspective, start generating that performance. And then if that performance starts to plateau, but you're seeing a video was very successful in getting followers or DMs or orders, then you can put paid behind it. Now, the other side of it is direct response advertising, which is kind of dark post, you know, you know, pushing things behind the scenes. By all means, you know, do that if it's yielding the sales. And obviously, you know, from your background mm -hmm. of being in paid, is it generating the ROI, the LTV, the CPA that you're looking for? So you can do that right away as you're building that. And listen, if you are really good at direct response advertising, that can build brand because you're selling your products. And if your product is good, it puts the product in the hands and word of mouth um, uh, can take off. So I'm a huge proponent of paid when you're using it in the right strategic way, but I wouldn't use paid if your, your organic content is not getting reach mm -hmm. um, and, and views or engagement, because I would focus on how do you get that initial burst out of the organic and then fueling, putting fuel on the fire, so, so to speak. Yeah. Makes total sense, actually, because I know a lot of people that come to me and they start, you know, from profile with like a few hundred followers and they want to, you know, speed up the process. But if you <laughs> if you paid uh, Facebook or Meta in this case to 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 push a reel that it's crap, most likely it's still going to be crap. It's not going to just change. Over, yeah, it doesn't over fix the quality of the content. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to talk about personal branding uh, before we wrap up today. By the way, thank you so much for this masterclass. But I wanted to talk about personal branding because, a lot, again, a lot of my clients want to build a personal brand, but at the same time, they also may want to talk about specific services. And so there is this, um, th this, this problem where if they focus too much on the services, they are not going to, you know, show their personality and vice versa. And so what do you recommend? Is there a content mix that is working in 2023? Uh, or should they just focus on one first and then and then talk about their services without necessarily selling, but at least to let people know, hey, this is what I do? Well, I, I, again, I would go back to the research part of it in in really analyze kind of what are the formats that that are working and why are they working it, you know the key to driving brand growth is how do you make people care at scale about what you do mm -hmm. um and this is where there's the old paradigm which catches a lot of people up and and, and doesn't drive successes they're still so operating from the standpoint of marketing that tells you create a niche message for a niche audience. Mm -hmm. Now that can still work for direct response paid advertising, but even that's becoming a little bit more challenging with kind of the attribution issues, but it's your goal as a service provider, when you're talking about building brand mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. how can you make the average person care if they had no interest in your service or your expertise prior. So Erica Kohlberg is a lawyer, as I mentioned. She yeah. does an amazing job of taking her legal expertise and tying it to everyday things that make the people care about. What happens if your flight get, 
gets canceled? What happens if your flight gets delayed? What happens if your iPhone breaks or your AirPods break? She reads the, the fine legal print and tells you, you know, interesting things that are in that legal print that uh, are applicable to the average person. Um, there is a YouTube account called Clear Value Tax. Taxes is not a sexy subject. What this guy brilliantly did is during COVID, he created a lot of videos around stimulus checks. When are you going to get your stimulus check? Is there going to be a second one? What is the amount going to be? So he tapped into kind of a subject matter that was interesting to the general population where most people, if he, if he's talking about tax law, they're, they're not going to be interested. So it's a challenging thing to do. It's one of the most challenging parts, but that's how you have success. And that doesn't mean that you dilute, you know, the core uh, or alienate the core audience that you're going after, you can still subtextually play to kind of those deeper nuances of your expertise to build that validation and credibility. You know, we kind of say it's 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 going for scale, it's going general, but in a smart way so that you can show your level of intelligence. Um, but that's the way that that I would recommend going about it. Okay. Makes total sense. And actually, it's a huge golden nugget for our listeners, because if you're able, like you said, to actually anchor your knowledge and expertise to something that people actually care about, uh, then people will sit back and listen to what you have to say. But if you just start talking about what you offer, of course, people are not going to listen to you at all because they have much better things to do on social media. And if they actually need legal help or or help with their accounting, they're just going to go on Google and, 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 and search for something that way. Yeah. So, um, Brendan, I want to thank you so much again for your uh, for all this information that you shared with us today. Uh, I loved your book and I'm sure that my audience will want to know more about you and everything else that you do. So where can people find you online? Um, I would recommend going to hookpoint.com. That's a good starting point if they want to, uh, engage with our team. Um, both of my books, 1 million followers and Hookpoint, are on uh, Amazon and audible. Uh, but I would kind of recommend starting there. Uh, people can connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn, uh, as well under my name. All right. Fantastic. Again, Brendan, thanks a lot for being with us today. I'm looking forward to having you in the future and enjoy the rest of the day for now. Thank you. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.